Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. One, two, let's go, big fella. The second big cattle drive up the Chisholm Trail was nearing the end. Silas Eaton, owner of a large ranch near San Antonio, Texas, had promoted and taken charge of the drive. The cattle in the large herd of several thousand were from several ranches in the southwest. It was a desperate attempt inspired by the example of Chisholm to recoup their Civil War losses and save their property by taking their cattle where they could be sold at a good price, Abilene, Kansas, on the newly opened railroad. As Silas rode point with a few of the men, his thoughts went back to the many difficulties they had overcome. First, the prairie fire resulting in a stampede. Ho, 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 hold on, boy, ho. Hey, boss, look ahead, I see smoke. Hey, Beth, and you're right. It is smoke off to the northeast. The wind is blowing westward. Yeah, 
That means we might be cut off. We still might have a chance to get by. Hey, look there. Now I can see flames. That fire's moving fast and moving across in front of us. Cattle are getting restless. Maybe we'd better stop until you see what's going to happen. Smoke is already drifting this way. Hey, cattle are starting to stampede. We better get out of the way quick. Get him. Come on, get, get him, him, boys. Get him. Come on, get him. Try to stop him. Get him, Millen. Use your guns. to himself as he remembered. They hadn't been successful in stopping the stampede, and he was thankful they hadn't. The thundering herd had run themselves out, with some losses, but they had outraced the prairie fire which closed in behind them. He wondered what strangely kind fate had started the stampede and saved the herd. Then he thought of the next almost fatal incident. Some of the cowpokes were riding herd while he and the others rested around a campfire that glowed in the pitch darkness of the night. Dark tonight. Yeah, but sure is. The herd seems quiet enough, though, in spite of those coyotes, Harlan. Yeah. Hey, somebody coming up ahead, riding lickety split. Somebody dose the fire. Get to your horses quick. We'll meet those redskins before they reach the herd. All right, let's go. Gombrey, who warned us, is fighting them already. Get up Silas Eaton smiled to himself. He never knew who the man was who warned them, but the Redskins had been driven off before they could disturb the herd. Silas remembered other incidents, too. He spoke aloud. Yep. Those things sure have me wondering. What are you talking about, Si? Huh? Oh, <laughs> I reckon they were thinking out loud, Frank. I was thinking of all that happened on the way and how they turned out all right. Fire, stampede, redskin. Yeah. Remember when we approached the Cimarron River and that tall Indian appeared out of nowhere and warned us to cross further upstream because of quicksand? Yep. And the printed sign we found near that water hole telling us the water had been poisoned and directing us to the fresh water. Warning was right, too, boss. Remember the horse that drank some of that water and died? Uh-huh. Seems like we have some sort of guiding spirit watching over us on this drive. Well, that guiding spirit seems to be mighty husky to me, side. A couple of times I've caught sight of a horseman on a big white horse sort of watching us from the top of a mesa or a hilltop, then disappeared. Couldn't get a good look. It was too far away. Let's say, I've seen the same thing. I thought I was dreaming, though. Well, to tell the truth, just last evening, as the sun was setting, I thought I saw an apparition like that appear for a minute on a ridge, and then it was gone. <laughs> we can't all be local, and that means there is such an hombre helping us. I don't savvy what it's all about, but I'm not going to complain about it. Well, neither am I. Soon we... Hey, look. Glory be, look at that. A railroad train. There it is, men. 
That means Abilene is just a few miles further. That night, after the cattle had been driven to the stockyards, the cowpokes went to the cafe to celebrate. Frank, one of the other ranchers, and Wes, Cy's foreman, were waiting in a hotel room when Cy entered with the cash they'd received for the cattle. Well, the cattle are delivered and paid for. Look here. There you see? At last we have cash. How much did you get, Cy? $25 a head. Great day. And we were offered only 2 to $5 a head in Texas. That's right. How much does that come to? $87,500. And it's all here in big bills. Cy, your idea of pulling our cattle and driving them here has paid off. All five of us ranchers can pay back our loans to Jonas Keller and save our ranchers. The other three ought to be mighty pleased. They will be, boss. Don't worry. The others agreed with me, Si, that you should take care of the cash till we get back home. Well, I'm glad they trust me, but carrying so much cash is a big responsibility. Well, we figured maybe you and Wes wanted to go ahead on the stage to save time. We'll bring your horses with us. We want you to get there ahead of us so as to be in time to pay off our notes. Well, I reckon that'll be all right. I have a note to meet myself. And on Jonas Keller... It better be paid on time. Uh, well, uh, Wes and I'll sort of ease out of here on the early morning stage. I'll leave enough cash for you to pay the boys their wages. Good. We promised them a two-day layover in Abilene before starting back. Yep. We owe a lot to you for talking us into making the drive. And to that mysterious rider for helping us get through. So long, Si. We'll be seeing you back home. Goodbye, <laughs> Meantime, in a wooded grove on the edge of Abilene, the Lone Ranger and his Indian companion, Tonto, were discussing recent events. Cowpokes all have good time in town tonight. Yes, they're relieved and happy to finish the drive. Tonto, I'm sure you feel as I do, that the incidents during that drive were not accidental. That's right. I think someone started the prairie fire just at the right time. Ah, it's good we stampede cattle, so then get past... For fire, cut off trail. That was the only way. Then when we found out those Indians were moving in on the ranches and their cow hands, you know, I got the impression that darkness there was a white man with them. Me think that. Me see one horse, have saddle. Next, we found the marker Chisholm left near the Cimarron River had been changed so as to lead the cattle into quicksand. Later, we discovered the poison water at that water hole when we found a dead deer nearby. Uh. And who do you think make things happen? Well, I, I don't know. But someone had a reason for not wanting the drive to succeed. I have an idea the man or men responsible for those incidents might be here in Abilene now. You think them try something else, Kimasavi? Perhaps. The drive has succeeded, but the ranchers are still a long way from home. I'll disguise myself as a cowpoke. Then we'll go into town and try to find out who's working against those ranchers. At a table in the cafe, three men sat watching the joyous crowd. I never thought we'd make it. There's plenty of cash for all of us. Yeah, we'll get our wages in the morning. Yeah, they made it. 
spite of what we did to stop him. Yeah, and we stand to lose the pay Jonas Keller promised us. I don't savvy why our plans always fell through. I've wondered about that myself. But remember what Jonas told us? What? He said the main thing was that they don't get back to Texas with the cash. He wants to foreclose on their ranches. With the dough they get for that herd, they'll have plenty to pay off their loan. That's right. Now, wait a minute. If there was some way we could grab that cash... Oh, don't be local. They'll all be riding back together. We quit jumping for the cash. Hi, Wes! Hi, Wes! Hey, fellas. Hey. Now, listen, listen, man. Report to the lobby of the hotel first thing in the morning. Someone will be there to pay your wages and bonuses. Hey, Wes! When I came through the lobby of the hotel a short time ago, heard Silas Eaton ask for two tickets on the Morgan stage for San Antonio. I thought maybe he was skipping out on us with the cash. Ah, never mind about what Silas does. The cash is safe, so forget it. <laughs> that pail sure come in handy, Wes. Yes, I'm tired of being broke. Well, it'll be there for you, so don't worry. Now, come on, the trick's on me. Hey, there's the answer, fellas. What do you mean? Yeah, I don't get it. You heard what that cowpoke said? That he saw Silas Eaton getting two tickets on the morning stage. What of it? Eaton is running things on this drive, so he's the one who take care of the cash. I figure he and someone else are going to go back on the stage with the cash to pay off Jonas. The rest of them plan on staying a while and taking it easy going back. Say, if the cash is going on the stage, yeah. I'm beginning to savvy what you're getting at. Buddy. Good. Now, look, we leave town tonight and be ready somewhere along the trail to stop the stage and grab that cash. Come on. Let's get out of here. The Lone Ranger had been in the cafe disguised as a cowpoke. His keen eyes, ever alert for the unusual, noticed the reaction of the three men, who suddenly conversed in low tones, then hurriedly rose to leave. Their suspicious actions caused the Lone Ranger to leave behind them. Watched from the shadows as Bushy and his friends crossed to the hotel. A moment later, Tonto moved to the side of his friend. Why you watch men who come from cafe, Kimazabi? Their reaction to something that was said in the cafe caused me to become suspicious. Tonto, our next move will be dangerous. We have to take a chance. <laughs> The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue. The Lone Ranger told Toto what one of the cowhands said about Silas Eaton buying tickets on the morning stage and the strange effect the news had on the three men who left the cafe. Toto asked, Kimasabi, why you think men bother about Silas Eaton? Eaton led the cattle drive, Toto. It's possible he carries the profits they made on the sale of the cattle. Those men might realize that. You think Eaton carry money on stage? The ranchers are in danger of losing their property in Texas. That's why they took the chance of driving their longhorns all the way up here. Logical that Eaton or one of the others would go back as quickly as possible with the money. Now, maybe men you watch plan to rob Eaton. Yes, I thought of that. You wait for the horses, Tonto. Maybe I can learn something about those men if I go to the hotel. Ah. I'll be back shortly. The Lone Ranger left the shadows and walked across toward the hotel. He started up the veranda steps when... Reach and don't turn around, mister. Make one false move and this gun at your back will fill you with lead. Reach, I said, and quick. All right. What's this all about, anyway? You're the one who's going to answer questions, mister. Keep your hands high and head for the back door of the hotel. Get moving. The Lone Ranger hesitated a moment. He knew of more than one way to turn the tables on the man behind him. But he quickly decided to play along and find out what it was all about. Are you going to start moving or not? Reckon I'll have to do as you say. With Spike holding a gun at his back, the Lone Ranger, still disguised as a cowpoke, walked to the back door of the hotel and entered. Down the hallway, second door to the left. Go on. Sure. Open that door and go into the room. Well, Spike, I see you got the drop on that nosy cowpoke. Good work, Spike. Would you mind telling me what this is all about? <laughs> Can't be my money you're after. An ordinary cowpoke like me never has much. I happened to glance back and saw you follow us from the cafe. You stood over in the shadows talking to somebody else and watched us go to the hotel. I had Spike run out the back way and go watch you. Yeah, he was heading for the hotel when I stopped him. You see, mister, I'm interested in knowing why you're so curious about it. <laughs> you must have a guilty conscience, stranger. Just because I happened to leave the cafe when you did and talk a minute with a friend doesn't mean I'm curious about you fellas. I noticed you in the cafe. You kept watching us the whole time you were there. <laughs> mister... You're as smart as a size you up today. You say, Bushy, he admits he was watching us. Maybe I was looking you over because I wanted to find two or three hombres tough enough to help me grab some easy cash. You hombres look like you aren't afraid of the law. Of course, if I'm wrong, What's I... he talking about? Shut up, Spike. And holster your gun. All right, if you say so, Bushy. Sit down, stranger. Yeah, don't mind if I do. <laughs> Was getting mighty tired standing there reaching for the ceiling. Who, uh, who's the friend you talked to over in the shadows? Oh, he's an Indian friend of mine. Comes in mighty handy once in a while. Uh-huh. You said you sized us up as being tough enough to help you make some easy cash. What'd you mean? Well, I'm a stranger around here. How do I know you aren't in with the law? Me? Well... <laughs> 
You hear that, fellas? Imagine him thinking me. Bushy Colts might be in with the law. <laughs> it's a hot one. Yeah, especially after all the jobs you pulled. Yeah. Jonas Keller ought to hear that. Say, isn't Keller living down San Antonio way? Yeah. You heard him? Yeah. Heard he was some sort of a bigwig down there. So, uh, you hombres work for him, huh? Well, you might say we did. Our work's about over. But, Bushy, I thought you said we was going to get... Listen, Spike. If we get what we talked about, we ain't going to turn it over to Jonas. He'll get the land he wants anyway. Now, mister, about the job you said you wanted help on. Well, I need help to hold up a stagecoach. What do you expect to get out of it? Plenty. Reckon you saw all the longhorns that were brought up from Texas... I figure a certain rancher will be on the morning stage with all the cash they got for those longhorns. Well, Doc, <laughs> now listen to that, will you? Has the same idea we have. You mean you hombres are going to hold up the stage? Sure. I'll tell you what. We could use one more man, so we cut you in on it. Hell, all right. Meet you in the morning. Now, hold on. You're going to stay here with us till it's time to go. But my horse, I left him among the trees behind the cafe. Ah. Well, go get your horse, stable him behind the hotel with ours. And come back here. All right. Be sure you come back, mister. Oh, I'll be back. All right, follow him quick, Spike. Don't let him see you watching, but have your gun ready if he starts to ride away. All right, Bushy. Spike quickly followed the Lone Ranger. The crook crossed the street and watched as the figure in front of him went in among the trees behind the cafe. Meanwhile, the Lone Ranger moved through the trees to the place where he knew Silver and Scout were waiting. He knew, too, that Toto would be there. Toto, be here, Kimotabi. I ran into something. Listen. Quickly, the Lone Ranger told Toto what had happened and what he found out at the hotel. When he finished, Tonto asked, Why we not capture crooks now, Kimasabi? I've had plenty of chance to get the drop on them, Tonto. But I want to have them caught red-handed. Then they'll incriminate the man who sent them here. Listen closely. Here's what I want you to do. After stabling Silver with the crook's horses, the Lone Ranger returned to the hotel room. He stayed with the crooks until dawn. Then the four men left town and rode a few miles to a place where Bushy planned to wait for the stage. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> All right, we'll wait here behind these big boulders till the stage comes along. Well, it ought to be coming soon. Was about ready to leave when we rode from town. Yeah, and I noticed that rancher eating and his foreman are in the coach. We'll mask our faces with our bandanas. Yeah. We split the cash four ways. Yeah, suits me. Mister, you and Spike are ride in front of Red and me. Sounds like you don't trust me, Bushy. I'll trust you. After the job is over. Meantime, I'll expect you to do your part. Oh, you can count on that, Bushy. Here comes the stage now. Hit leather. When I give the word, we ride out shooting. All right. All right, let's go. Get up, man. Come on. Ranger riding in front with Spike knew Bushy was ready to gun him if he made any false moves. He fired into the air and raced toward the stage with the three crooks. But he was ready for the moment when he'd have a chance to turn the tables. Spike, Red, dismount, get the cash from those hombres in the coach while we hold guns to cover you. Right, sure. The Lone Ranger maneuvered Silver. Come on, boy. So that the big stallion moved in beside Bushy's horse. 
The masked man tensed as Silas Eaton spoke angrily from the coach. Hey, nobody will get this cash. If I can help it... He has a gun. I'll hold it. You... No! The Lone Ranger brought his gun down in a smashing blow on Bushy's wrist. Silas Eaton's bullet wounded Spike. Then when the rancher and his foreman saw a group of horsemen rapidly approaching, they jumped from the opposite door of the coach and ran to meet them. The crook red turned quickly when he heard hoofbeats and shots. I'll get you, mister. You broke my wrist. In spite of his injured wrist, Bushy lunged toward the Lone Ranger and dragged him from the saddle in an attempt to get the Lone Ranger's gun. In the brief struggle, the masked man drove a short right to the outlaw's jaw. That will quiet you. Red ran to mount his horse, but a bullet from the sheriff's gun caught him in the leg. like those crooks are all done in. Get that tall one, Sheriff. No, he's not one of the crooks. When do you see that? He's still wearing that bandana on his feet. I'll take that off now. Put my own mask on. Sure has nerve putting on a mask right in front of the sheriff like that. You all right, Kimitami? Yes, Toto. Here, mister. This is the letter signed by the governor that you gave Tondo to show to oh, me. Oh, thanks, Sheriff. What the incarnation is this, anyhow? That letter identifies this man as being on the side of the law, Mr. Eaton. It was because of a message brought to me by the Indian from this hombre that we followed the stage. He double-crossed us. Mr. Eaton, these three men are hired gunmen working for Jonas Keller. You mean Jonas Keller sent them here to rob us before we could pay him what we owe? Ask that crook. I'm sure he can tell plenty. I got nothing to say. You'll talk, you doggone polecat, or I'll gun whip you till you do. Wait, 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 I'll talk. Jonas sent us to make things happen to you so you couldn't reach Abilene. The prairie fire, the engine raid, the poisoned water hole, they were all his ideas, but they didn't work. No, they didn't, because this masked man, the Indian, were on hand to help. Tonto told me about it on the way here. Then, then it was you and that engine who did so much for us that actually got the cattle through. We rode with the drive, but kept out of sight, Mr. Eden. But why? I knew that if you didn't succeed, many of you ranchers would give up and leave Texas. We need men of your caliber down there. He found out about what these crooks intended to do today. So we rode with them to catch them red-handed. They'll go to jail, Miss Eaton. Now I'll telegraph the marshal in San Antonio to hold Jonas Keller till you get there to bring charges. He was after your ranches, Mr. Eaton. Of course, you'll have to pay off the loans to him, but he'll end up in jail for what he tried to do. He sure will. I'll see to that. How long I've done our work here. We're right on the head of the stage now. We'll see you again in Texas, Mr. Eaton. Easy, steady, big folks. Adios, everybody. Good day. Come Hey, Sheriff, who is that man? And why did he put on that black mask? I reckon because he's used to it, Mr. Eaton. Of course, right now, his real features are disguised, so the Indian told me. Nobody ever sees his real face. He always wears that mask unless he is disguised. You see, that's the hombre who's so proud of being an American and so proud of helping build up the West for law-abiding citizens. He's the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer.